A good day and welcome to episode 90 of the Plus One Player Podcast. We made it to 90, it's insane. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and this week... I'm joined once again by the Empress of Stardew Valley, Christine. Hello, Christine. How are you? Hi, Steve. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. We have, it's, it's, so this episode is going to air in August. It'll air after Kate's birthday, which is the third. And then I have my birthday the seventh. You have yours the 14th. August, a big month here at Plus One Player. So all of you listeners out there, please feel free to shower us all with gifts. It'd be great. (laughs) Do it. And this week, we are also joined once again by the man who's just happy to be here. We're happy to have him. It's Matt O. How are you, Matt? Hey, happy to be here and happy to report that it's not 800 million degrees outside. Yeah, we had a little break in the heat today with a thunderstorm, which always sends Hazel into a tizzy, but my room isn't just an absolute mud pit, so it's fantastic. Same. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got some fun things going on. Summer, it's finally August, so it's like the last stretch run of the summer months. Do you guys have any uh, any fun last summer plans that you got going on? Going to a winery for my birthday and Very nice. doing a spooky game night on the 31st because that's when uh, oh, yes. Man of Medan, 14 Seconds, and um, The Blair Witch comes out, so... Yeah, an absolute trifecta of awesome games. Oh. So that that sounds like that'll be an awesome night. Mm. Yes, I'm excited. I'm ass- I'm assuming, Matto, you're going to be part of the scary that night, would be the spooky, in- scary skeletons in night. Those things. So <laughs> <All right. laughs> that goes for me as well. <laughs> yes, because for those of you who don't know, remember a couple weeks ago, Matt, you had mentioned that you know you had a girlfriend, Christine. This is th- this is the girlfriend right here. I, it's, it's, just in case is, no one knew. This is yeah. the big the big reveal. Ninety episodes in the yeah. making. Five years in the making. <laughs> exactly. So never tell us that we don't still surprise you guys after 90 episodes. So surprise. <laughs> They've been dating this whole time. <laughs> and then really some. shocking. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so that kind of leads us into why Manny isn't here, because we told him last week that you guys were dating, and, like, he just had to go off on a voyage just to find meat. Like, he, he just he had this look in his eyes like he had never really known the true meaning of, of, of life. And so after he found out you guys were dating, he just went on this voyage – I think he went out west. We'll find out, though. Manifest <laughs> Destiny, as we talked about last week with Oregon Trail. He went to make so, his plot. Yeah, so I really I wish him nothing but the best on his journey to find true meaning. <laughs> but in the meantime, we do have to keep the house clean. So as always, follow us on social media. We're at Plus One Player on Twitter and Instagram, at Plus the Number One Player. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Plus One Player. And go check out our website, which, of course, is Plus One Player.com. There you can find links to Twitch, which is Twitch.tv slash Plus One Player. Go check out some of our streamy streams. And then go ahead and join our Discord where you can find the link on the website and in the Twitter bio. We have a great group of folks. We're having great conversations all the time. So come on and join the fun, unless, of course, you're racist, in which case, I hope you never find the meaning of life. All right? So take that. (laughs) And after all that, if you enjoy the content, if you enjoy hanging out with us in Discord, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two, because every dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast it can possibly be. We have a terrific group of supporters, and we would love it if you would join that amazing group. Can't finish up housekeeping without mentioning the biggest Patreon supporter. That's the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands, but I'll tell you about that before the topic of the podcast, like I always do. And so with that, the house is clean. We got episode 90. 
10 away from the big triple digits. I do have some fun. This is, I'm going to take a little step back before we get into the first segment. I do have some fun things planned. So I did get the okay from a former member of the team that we can go ahead and use some content that he was a part of, which means I'm going to start working on up to the episode 100. So it's going to come out sometime before episode 100. I'm going to start working on the top 10 moments of the Ombre Gaming slash Plus One Player podcast. Oh. So oh, yes. you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need some help from you listeners out there. So give us a call at 347-509-5620 or find us on social media. Find us in Discord. Let us know some of your favorite moments that you'd like to see brought back to life in a fun form. So some of the episodes I don't have video recordings for, but most of them I do. So as many of them as I can, they will be in video format, which of course, then you get to laugh at our faces. So something to look forward to for all you wonderful listeners out there. So let us know. What are your, some, some of your favorite moments? I have an idea of what might be number one. So I hope, (laughs) I hope that ends up being number one, but before we get all up into episode 100, we're still 10 episodes away. So tonight we have a lot of fun things to talk about. First of which we'll be doing past the sticks. So talking about what we've been playing and then we're going to get into the topic of the podcast, which is going to be kind of a look at some evolution in game series over time. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite franchises, how they've evolved over time from the first game that was released to the last one, whether it be gameplay elements, storylines, just everything. All of the the nooks and crannies about these game franchises we'll get into. And then we'll wrap things up with patch notes as we normally do. And so with that, let's kick it off with Pass the Sticks. So who would like to have the sticks first? I'll start. Perfect. <laughs> so I've, I haven't had much time to play games lately just because I've been working a lot, but I'm still hooked on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yes. So good. Um, I also got back into Pokemon Go as well as the Harry Potter mobile game. So it's been forcing me to like keep active and walk outside when it's not a thousand degrees which is good how Um, is the harry potter mobile game almost like i guess comparative to the so pokemon go i don't think it's as fun like there's definitely more of a story to it because there is like a plot Mm -hmm. but like i don't know it feels more sparse than pokemon go unless you're in like a super major hubbub um because even like the more rural areas of pokemon go like where i was cat sitting was out in like the middle of nowhere there was still pokemon (laughs) whatever (laughs) on the farmstead (laughs) there's farms out where i was um and it was just like there was more stuff in pokemon go than harry potter so it's fun but i like pokemon go more just because it's like catching pokemon who doesn't love that um just the allure of looking down and there's just an adorable pokemon at your feet you're like oh this is perfect (laughs) and and i've also picked up playing animal crossing new leaf again because i had to charge my battery and thank god my town is still intact nobody left my flowers aren't dead i was shocked i'm surprised tom nook just didn't sell your entire town (laughs) she's not here anymore (laughs) yeah all my villagers said they missed me though i was like that's so cute freaking love that game oh Oh. remembered oh yes (laughs) speaking of animal crossing for my birthday present for myself i bought a switch yes not here yet the club it's not here yet but what they said july 31st no that's that it was shipping the dot (laughs) (laughs) hate you (laughs) so i bought i bought a switch i got let's go eevee um smash 
and Breath of the Wild. And I will be purchasing Animal Crossing when it comes out, so I can't wait for that. I know, yeah, when it eventually finally drops on the Switch. Like, I love how that's been just the, the joke, just like, it'll be delayed. And then it got delayed. It's like, yeah, we knew it was going to get <laughs> delayed, but everyone's like, yeah, but like, I still want to play it. Yes, I can't Those wait. are some good choices. And like, I, the, the Switch is also perfect for just like, it's like the indie machine. Like, I mm-hmm. treat that thing every time there's a new indie game coming out, that's where I go to purchase it first because I think we've talked about in the past that it just is such indie indie games themselves are usually so good for on the go. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, you're going to love it. Watch out for the eShop though. It gets a little overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. If you go in there on a Thursday with, with no real goal in mind, mm-hmm. you'll be scrolling for just a day. So don't do it in the morning. I'd say do it when you're about to fall asleep. So that way at the very least you can just pass out. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be fine. And Steve, I'll pass the sticks to you. All right. So, like you, how you've been playing mostly Assassin's Creed, I've still been going hard with Destiny 2. Every week when they reset, like, I'm actually itching right now to go sign on as soon as we stop doing this podcast so I can do more of the dailies (laughs) and the weeklies. Mm. I'm, I'm just having a good time because, like I've said in the past, it's just so comfortable, and every time I pick it up, I know that there is something to do now. Like, they've done such a great job compared to where it was at launch to actually give me a reason to pick it up every day, even for just, like, a couple hours at a time. So mm-hmm. kudos to them for keeping the game interesting and actually getting me interested in it again. So I'm very much looking forward to Shadowkeep. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've been playing a ton of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, and I've been having a blast because I've... Never played the Ultimate Alliance games previous to this one. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, the big hype with Infinity War, Endgame, all the MCU movies, Marvels was hot in the streets. So this is a cool game to kind of play because you get to play as so many different characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very much, I saw someone compare it to like almost like Marvel's Diablo, which I guess you can kind of see because it's like very button mashy, like you're doing combos, like you're matching up with your team to try to do like special moves and things like that. Yeah. I haven't done the Marvel's co-op yet. answer to Diablo. it's like the same kind of concept because it's like thanos i guess is pretty evil and he's like trying to do the same thing that he does in the movies and the comics so he's trying to get all the stones and do some shit so Mm. it's a lot of that where you're always fighting new villains and new bosses to try to acquire the infinity stones before thanos and the black order Mm -hmm. and uh i gotta tell you it's chaotic fun like it's really there's very few times where you can kind of rest up so i kind of i've been picking it up like at a couple hours at a time just because i know if i gotta keep playing it it's basically just gonna be boss fight after boss fight after boss fight yeah however i'm having a lot of fun like when i unlock new characters and like switching them out so it's a little bit tougher to switch out some of the very early characters because if you don't switch them out and like rotate your characters right away and mm-hmm. get people ranked up. Yeah. All of a sudden I found myself, I was like rank 15 with all my people. And when I tried to bring in like Captain America to try him out, he was like rank six. Yeah. So I had to kind of like baby him along to try to get him ranked up. So I would recommend if you're, if you're picking it up that if you do plan on kind of rotating your cast in and out, try to do it frequently, so try to get them all ranked up. There's plenty of checkpoints to give you the chance to do so. Yeah. I still, I there's no chance I'm ever going to get Captain Marvel out of my group, though. She's been in my group since I unlocked her, mm-hmm. and I will refuse to take her out unless somebody, like, blows me away. But right <laughs> now, I'm rocking a group of uh, Captain Marvel, Deadpool, Already Ghost Rider, <laughs> and I think, I think Thor as well. Okay. So... 
It's because I, I just unlocked Ghost Rider and I looked at like all of his stats. I'm like, dude, this guy fucking rules. <laughs> so I had to put him in. Yeah, my friend got spot. it, and uh, my friend bought it, and he was saying he enjoyed it, but um, there's a couple things like he wasn't a fan of. Like, um, I think his his biggest complaint was the way the leveling system worked because you have to reach a certain level to get Thanos. And by the time you finish that main story, you're not at that level. And he's been playing yeah. with just the same group of characters, so you have to grind on all these missions to get there. And he's like, I don't, he doesn't like to do that. And then oh, yeah. he wanted to start a new game to do with his characters he didn't play before, but they don't let you do a new game on an easy difficulty. They only let you do it like hard, like a harder one. So he was really right, annoyed right. by that too. He's like, why? He's like, I want to play with new characters. Why do I have to do it hard? So yeah. But otherwise, no. There's definitely it. a lot of grinding to it. Like that's yeah. the thing is, like, I kind of just accepted it right off the bat and that's why i've only been like picking it up here and there right so i don't i'm not super far into the story i'd, I'd say i'm probably like six or seven hours into it mm-hmm. but uh yeah no I, I can definitely see the complaints there because i i've hit some por- some parts yeah where i was basically like man i am really struggling <laughs> to get past this part and like I, my, my team was pretty ranked up but mm-hmm. it's still like there are some parts where you're like man i don't even know if i can if i can handle this so Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to see where the story goes. That is one thing I do enjoy, kind of the, the story to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how it's bringing like all these like characters together. And Yuri Lowenthal comes back as Spider-Man, so that's kind of ah, cool. So. Good old Yuri. Yeah, so that was fun. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. Been having a good time. And uh, Matt O, I'm passing the sticks over to you. What do you got? Whoa. The Whoa. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I speaking of uh, games that I've had... Uh, huge improvements in recent days <laughs> i've been playing a lot of sea of thieves nice playing yes that, yeah, that playing too that with uh, christine <laughs> been playing that with our, our friend tyler our cousin drops in every now and then whoever's around but i recommend if that's one of those games you, you picked up early on and you haven't touched it since because you just got super bored and because there's nothing to do pick it up again give it a shot because yeah. it's genuinely really really fun now and it's yeah. included with Game Pass, so mm-hmm. that's true. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's like a ton of stuff to do. They added in some new features. You can fish, so I know Kate should take a look yeah. at it. ASAP. It's a very strong fishing mechanic. They they made an entire yes. fishing simulator game. I think we should just <laughs> gift that to Kate so she can stream it. <laughs> you can just fish. You can just because you can fish and then take the fish and take them to like this like a trades person mm-hmm. who's like oh and then you you give them the fish and you can they like uh like you go up in their ranks or something and you can like <laughs> just by delivering fish to these people so that's oh, all that you can just do that technically <laughs> you don't have don't have to be a pirate you just be a fisherman <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> but, but there's a ton of yes. there's that there's like new quest lines like actual nice. quests that you can do not just like all right let's go find another treasure chest or let's yeah, find I remember skeleton when you and matt m were playing that at, like when it first came out that was one of your biggest complaints was that there weren't too many quests to actually go do <laughs> it was just like okay you can do stuff for like the gold people you could do stuff for like the order of souls or you could do stuff for like the trading company which no one does because those no. are still still really boring i don't know why they still like haven't changed that yeah like yeah you can Hunting, looking for like treasure hunts and like finding the skeletons, those are fun. Yes. Finding like twenty pigs to put inside <laughs> of a crate 
and take that is the <laughs> most annoying. boring, monotonous, annoying thing. Like, why would you ever pick that over anything else? <laughs> like, it's it's. I would rather fish. I would rather fish, like, especially now that I included that. I would just fish for like ten hours mm-hmm. and do one of those quests. Yeah, but the new quest lines are really cool. There's a lot of cool like uh, little hooks to all of them like because it's like there's like riddles or there's like some sort of like map and like that you have to decipher it gives you all these clues and you have to kind of decipher the clues and figure out like yeah. where you're supposed to go and then like one of them that we did recently was like it was a little this um npc you find she drew all of these maps when she was a little girl so it's like everything is very simple and cartoonish this one would this was that one was so hard <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah. but it's cool because like when you kind of start to like piece things together you're like oh it's this place and then it's like you actually find it and it's such like a it genuinely feels rewarding yeah and it's like it feels like oh like i figured it out they made it i'm a, a, I'm a real really great game <laughs> they really did so yeah. many improvements i love it yeah yeah it's a lot of fun now yeah, so. I think I might have to hop in with you guys because I downloaded it from uh, from Games Pass. So I think I might have to hop in because I don't have the prior experience of the the lesser game. So mm-hmm. now I might just really enjoy it right from the start. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyone anyone who has it, definitely jump in. It's crossplay, so if you have it on Xbox, don't let that stop you. Outside of that, I've been playing uh, Total War Warhammer Two. Yeah, so back on that, that game. Back on that game because I love the Total War games. I just have like <laughs> a weird enough. like obsession with them. There's like a catharsis for building up my empire and then grinding my enemies into <laughs> dust. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's just. It's Are you just okay? Like, uh, I just you know those goddamn dark elves had it coming. <gasps> oh, don't <laughs> take no prisoners. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, but that that's a lot of fun. Love the Total War games. I haven't gotten the new one, the Three Kingdoms one, but I oh, never yeah, yeah. I never buy a Total War game when it first comes out cuz they are notor- have notoriously bad launches. Yeah. Cuz they usually have some sort of terrible bug or balancing issues or something every time they launch and it's always an issue mm-hmm. and then it's like oh give it a few months it'll be fine and then it's like oh, I'll just I'll wait and then they sell <laughs> it for like $20 less yeah, yeah I'll wait for it to be on sale and when everything's kind of patched out and now it's like actually kind of like fun and playable I was like, I'll get it then that's what I've been playing Steve nice so we've got some uh, some games we've been playing which is good so it's it's fun because we got some new but we also have some old that keep popping back up which is kind of the, the, the run of 2019 where we've had a lot of, like, backlog where we've kind of gone back. But the second half, after, I mean, there's so many games coming out the next couple of months. It's going to be crazy. So that has been past the sticks, and it is now time to move into the topic. But before we do, I do have to mention that the show is brought to you by our sponsor, Nerdiest Brands. So if you want the finest nerdy gear in all of the land with local designs, you got to go over to nerdiestbrands.com. So they have everything. they got Overwatch. Marvel, DC, Yu-Gi-Oh, Power Rangers, all the good stuff. Hats, hoodies, t-shirts, wallets, stickers, everything you could think of. So go check out nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com for all of your amazing and nerdy desires. And now I'm proud to announce I can give you all a 15% off discount code. So when you go to checkout, enter in the discount code plus one discount. That's plus the number one discount and you'll get 15% off your purchase. So head on over to nerdiestbrands.com for some amazing nerdy gear. And with that, 
it's time to move into the topic, which I had mentioned is a little look into some evolution on game franchises that are near and dear to our hearts. So what exactly in their evolutionary process from the first game they released to their last one, or if it's still going, just their current one, we're going to take a look at what are some of the changes that they've made over time that were either necessary or ones that really stuck out to us that kind of, I guess, maybe made us love the games even more. So we're going to go around. We all have a few, just like we normally do. So let's start off with Christine because this was your idea. So oh. this is your. No, we're gonna it wasn't throw it me. Out to you. Oh, I thought it was. I <laughs> no, thought it was you. It was Matt's no, idea. Took credit for it. No, no, no. See, it was Matt's idea. I took credit for naming it from first to last. Okay. All right. That works. So it's it's a it's a dual idea. So in that case, I'm gonna have to send it to Matt O first then, if it's his idea. <gasps> it oh, is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so now now the pressure's on Matt. You got the floor. <laughs> All right. So, I've got a few games. I've got uh, the way like I-, I saw this working is like okay, we've got games that have changed like you know like we were just saying gameplay wise like significantly games that have uh, changed for the better, games that have changed for the worst, and games that have just like completely gone off the rails <laughs> compared to like what their previous iteration was. But uh, I wanted to start out with like one game that I was thinking of, and that was a uh, Fallout actually. Oh, and I was thinking like how Fallout began, where yeah. it was like this sort of more. It was like a top-down sort of emphasis on NPC interaction, emphasis on conversation, like turn-based combat, and it was very much just like a sort of a very focused on the RPG aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. And then as the game series progresses, go to uh, you know Circuit Fallout Three. Now it's a first-person shooter. Now it's like those RPG elements have kind of like become half of the equation. Now it's got that shooter element too to kind of supplement that. And then Fallout 4 comes out, and it now it feels like, you know, which is kind of the trend that Bethesda games have taken in general, even with like the Elder Scrolls series. They're much, they've become, like the art, the role-playing aspect has kind of started to, take a backseat to the action into the sort of like open world in the sort of like graphical style and everything I guess it's because and like you can see that with like the conversations like if you compare conversations from like the first Fallout or Fallout 2 where like that was kind of like the big appeal and the draw of the game you would see like the like the way like every single prompt and answer you could give had so much was there was nothing left to like the imagination really it was like okay this is what your character is going to say and this is what your intent behind what you're saying will like be fast forward to like fallout 4 now when you (laughs) answer a question it's basically like (laughs) square x triangle or circle (laughs) yeah it's it's like oh you could answer it it's like yes no maybe fuck you i don't i don't yeah or there's always like a fuck you answer which, yeah. which always is worded as i don't know or, or like something like innocuous right it's always right, worded right. as that and now you're so you're like answering and then your character will say something completely like contrary to what you even thought they were gonna say yeah and then like but and again a lot of the times it's like those like conversations are like bottleneck to be to get you to one or two places mm-hmm. right where the NPC's yeah. gonna be like you're trouble i don't you know <laughs> i don't like you and then like whatever something bad happens or okay i'll trust you 
it's like it always it's it's gonna end up in one of those two things or like it'll just be like a you stop talking to the person and then you start and then you start the conversation tree again it's like whereas like it's just like it's in you know that's like like a trend like i, I was saying it's kind of not unique to fallout but i feel like it's particularly noticeable yeah with that series at least just you know especially when it started with fallout 3 which i think kind of didn't quite like you know at that point like it still had like the you know appeal still going for it you know the rpg elements were still fairly prevalent but yeah, like because i know because uh, toot had mentioned he's like there was a pretty noticeable change from three to four where four became yes. a first person shooter with rpg elements where yeah. three yes. was an rpg first yes. person shooter three was still still very much an rpg and then like yeah. especially like new vegas where like a lot of people said that was just superior to three in pretty much every respect mm-hmm. because it, it <laughs> that's why everyone wants feeling. the outer worlds <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I know. yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah but and, and i had because it had like more of that feeling kind of like of the earlier games with in, you know, respect to like NPC interactions and like your know, interactions with the world and the story. But yeah, that's just like a like you know, it's a trend with many games now. I feel like it's just kind of yeah. like like let's get to the action quicker and you know, let's kind of cut down on the conversations and the role playing part to kind of like streamline that so you can get back to the shooting and the exploring and everything. Mm. Oh yeah, which is unfortunate. So, to it, me. it is unfortunate, but it's also the reason like that's Fallout Three was super popular like in fallout new vegas they were super popular and like more popular than po- probably they would have been had they stuck to kind of like the original sort of format mm. oh yeah and, you know no, fallout for sure. 4 sold really really well and kind of like a lot of people who weren't into fallout got into that just mostly that because as me. a result of the yeah, yeah i know like, i'm, I'm like, in the same yeah. boat yeah I, I played a little bit of three but what happened was I had that like my junior year of college and i'm in I, at that point i was in like a seven-man suite and we had one TV. So, like, that's not a game that, like, you can really just hog the entire common room TV to play for, yeah. you know, 10 hours at a time because it takes a lot of effort, you know, and, and a lot of hours. But four mm-hmm. came out, you know, graduated. So I, I had plenty more time. And four obviously stuck out to me because it felt more like a first person shooter. So it was easier for me to just kind of dive into it. Yeah, it's easier, definitely easier to get into. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like yeah. like you said, like that's why that game, like it sold so well and it was reviewed so well, is because it appealed to such like a, an outrageously massive audience, as opposed to some of the older ones where I feel like it's much more niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's like it's a thing where it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing, but mm-hmm. because like people used to say like said about Fallout Four, it's like it's not a bad game, it's just a bad Fallout oh, yeah. game. Yeah, it's just kind of like the spirit of like what kind of like the series was about is kind of being lost and is being traded for a kind of broader appeal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like the MCU of video games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like most games, but most it's everything, entertainment, everything. Now, I you could you could just take that for everything. Everything's designed by you know committee to like appeal to the broadest amount of people possible mm-hmm. yeah i, and I it hear that it's everyone's taste i just wanted to make that game as kind of my first example yeah just something it's kind a of good like one. changing it's not necessarily changing for the worse and for some people's opinions it, it is mm. and like you know they can are that's the you know and they could definitely argue that yeah but it's also just like it's just kind of changing it's not what it it's a far cry completely different it is completely different 
than what it started out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. In every single aspect. That's mine. Who so that's a good go one. With theirs. So we'll, we'll pass it over to Christine because you guys have the dual idea. <laughs> Ooh, I'll pay, oh, pass it to my second half, Christine. Oh. The, the, the double big brain idea. <laughs> so much big brain energy going on right now. Just psh- yeah. So one of the games on my list is Pokemon. So Pokemon. I, yeah, the Pokemans and the bringing the cards to school and the children are gambling. Remember that being a problem? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In elementary school. People think, what are these Pokemon cards? You're, you're doing illicit, illegal activities. <laughs> what is this? Is this craps? What is this? <laughs> so stupid so thinking of pokemon back in the 90s on game boy when you have like these little sprites and you're six pokemon right and you don't know what any of the stats mean people weren't really into like speed running them at that time or being like okay so i need to make sure that the evs of my pokemon are superior to beat the elite four and gary like that just you know we were all kids back when that came out Thinking Fucking to Gary. <laughs> thinking to today, where now you have first of all, there's like, yeah. there's so many versions across all Nintendo consoles. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then we have the newest one coming out. This I think was what, November? Pokemon Sword yep. and Shield. Which Sword and Shield. Which I'm totally <laughs> getting. I don't care. <laughs> so I think of how it started where you just had like your really pretty basic types of Pokemon. You had like fire, water, bug, ghost, whatever. And now we have like fairy and dragon and all these other different types and like cool different moves and playing on the DS how instead of just when they use tackle, it used to just be like the sprite going, eh. Yeah. Like just barely <laughs> moving forward or not even moving at all. <laughs> <laughs> to now where they have like a whole cinematic experience for just tackle alone they back oh, up yeah. Pika just charges <laughs> did, did you wild see that came. like Chinese bootleg uh, Pokemon game <laughs> where they made like full fledged like animations for every attack really so it's like when they tackle they like actually run and then they tackle the Pokemon oh, and they do like hydro pump it's like blast so it's like lowers in his cannons and they shoot out and like it's like insane and it's just like this freaking illegal chinese bootleg <laughs> like fan game it's like sounds it sounds awesome yeah i don't know but it's in but china do they have do, do they have gigantamaxing because i'm all about this gigantamaxing oh. that's about to take place in sword and shield that looks amazing he big yeah like it, i love how it's just like you have one shot are you gonna gigantamax it <laughs> well you know one of my favorite additions it's so, so it was um forget which one i know it was on the 3ds they did pokemon ami where you actually go into the menu and you can play with your pokemon and pet them and feed them and it increases your bond with them so there's a chance they can shake off like um disabling stats like parallel paralysis or sleep and things like that or yeah. they'll they'll get a better chance of getting a critical hit or dodging an attack. Like, oh, it dodged the attack because it didn't want to worry you. And it looks at you with a little heart. <laughs> it's so cute. And I have a friend who's like, that's so stupid. I don't do it. I'm like, well, if you do it, they do better when you fight. So you're dumb. Yeah, uh, better luck against fucking Gary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, I was watching 
him play Let's Go Eevee and how you can actually ride on the Pokemon walking around town or, like, carrying them. It's so yeah. freaking cute. Like, what the hell? Oh, this is adorable. I would just, once I had Charizard, I would just fly around yeah. town. It's fantastic. <laughs> and if you have Snorlax, you just ride on his belly. It's so, really you know, funny. That's you know so how funny. in um, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, because you start, well, I don't know if you know, like, when you start playing, you, you name the person. And, and yeah. in the old game, yeah. it was your rival, and you would name your rival. Yes. Hmm. So in now this it's like one, you name your friend, right? Yeah, it's your friend. I didn't oh, know that. I, I must have just hit A. I just, like, hit A through it. And I named him Dick Nose. <laughs> I thought he was my rival. <laughs> and so every time he'd pop in, like, Dick Nose says, what's up? <laughs> did uh, did he happen to star in nothing but trouble? <laughs> Produced, written, filmed, starred in by Dan Aykroyd. Hey. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's a topic for the nerd cast. Yeah, all right. Well, well, we we got we got that <laughs> But I just yeah. look at like all the advancements in the way the Pokemon games have evolved through time. Mm-hmm. Um, some things are good, some others. Like with Pokemon Sun and Moon, I felt like the trials thing was really kind of annoying. Instead of just doing straight gyms all the time, which you know, new take. I didn't really care for it i was like oh, i just want to do my gyms but yeah i'm really excited for the newest installment i'm excited to play let's go eevee because i know it is kind of different and i like playing different takes on old loves so i'm ready eevee's uh he's a good little good little sidekick yeah i, I hear eevee <laughs> i hear eevee's broken as shit so i'm gonna love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good one i love too like how it's kind of cool to look back at remember um pokemon stadium for yes N64. and pokemon snap I feel like, yeah i feel like they took a lot of those like battle elements into like all this newer stuff and just made yeah. it much more polished so I, I i do enjoy some of the changes in battle so like now it's a little bit better and sun and, and sword and shield sun and moon no. sword and <laughs> shield <laughs> that one does look like it's going to be really i guess focusing on the battle aspect which yeah. it should because the technology is is there now so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it i'm going to be very confused at all the different pokemon though so i'm going to do like a crash course <laughs> there's on a lot it's you know but that's the thing too like back when in the first game like, they didn't give you, like, the way the moves worked. And I think I've heard people complain that Pokemon has been dumbed down. Sorry, adults. It's a game for children. So relax, first of all. Don't yeah. at me. <laughs> Second. Literally designed for, like, middle school. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like now that the moves, they tell you, like, the type. And, like, if when you're sometimes when, um, I forget, like, the circumstances. But when you want to attack, like, it'll say, like, this move will be super effective or not depending on the type of the Pokemon you're fighting against. Oh, it's great. I'm like, it's, it's a game for babies. Yeah. Cause it's for children. It should be easy. Like (laughs) I, I I know the original 150, and I also played, what was it? Gold and silver. Yeah. Gold and silver were the last ones I played before Eevee. So yeah, I need all the help I can get with all this new shit. I have no idea what's happening. There's a lot. Those those are the last ones I played. I think. Yeah. I've played all of them. I know anything after that. (laughs) I have yeah. once I get Let's Go Eevee, I will have played all of them. There's like a garbage type Pokemon. There now. is Garbodor. Oh. He's a poison type. <laughs> <There's> like... <laughs> Fantastic! Like, there's like steel, right iron, bronze, copper, <laughs> no. titanium. No, uh... <laughs> no. There is steel type, but I could have sworn steel was introduced in Gold and Silver. I could no, be just wrong. Make rock, grass, yeah. fire, water. Damn. I remember. No I remember the Steelix. Steel. 
Steelix. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I Jasmine remember had I was, him. I was around for Steel. Listen, fun <laughs> fact, fun yeah. fact, who knows, this might come up in a get to know a gamer or some other gaming thing we do. Um, it's true. When I first, so I played, I had Pokemon Blue and then I got Pokemon Yellow and I got the special Game Boy that came with it. But when I got Gold and Silver, I got Gold first and it was in Japanese. I bought it at like this huge no flea kidding. market my mom and I would always go to. I don't know how I beat that game because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I, I have no idea either. I definitely beat, like, I don't know how I beat Pokemon when I was a kid. I genuinely don't. It was oh, hard. Yeah. I, so not, I would just bef- be like, uh, attack? <laughs> yeah, before Eevee came out, I started playing Pokemon Yellow again on my SNES Classic. And I yeah. remember I got to a point where I was like, fuck, I gotta, like, rank up my Pokemon yeah. because Gary's kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> It was right at like Lavender Town. But yeah, no, Pokemon's come a long way, and it actually, that's one of the, another one of those games that wrote me back in. And so, I'm looking forward to Sword and Shield, which is something I wasn't expecting to say years ago. So, cheers to you, Pokemon. Cheers to you. Cheers to Pokemon. Game Freak and Pokemon. And so, <laughs> my first one, I want to talk about the Infamous series oh. because. I've talked about this here and there in the past, and I think it's kind of funny the way I got introduced to the series because everybody remembers the big PlayStation Network hack of 2011 (laughs) where the network was down for 22 days. And so what they did as a way to make amends to everybody is they gave us a choice of two games that we could get for free. So one of those was Infamous. And I had not played it previous, and I figured, what the hell? This game looks pretty cool. I can get it for free, so I'm going to download it. Started playing it, and I immediately got hooked right into it. Because this comes out in May of 2009, so you know Arkham City was right around 2009. Arkham Asylum had already come out. And so this is telling a unique superhero story, and it gives you the choice of being an actual superhero, or you could be a dick and just be like, "I got these awesome powers. <laughs> I'm gonna be an asshole." <laughs> I like I talked about this one, like um, I think where we did the I guess the podcast where we talked about like making choices in games and things like that, and mm-hmm. it always kind of benefits you to make the good choices, and that goes with this one too, um, just because even if while you're making good choices you know like the the media in the game or whatever or like the tone of the game is still like very skeptical about you because right. they realize you have these powers so mm-hmm. even when you're doing good you're still having your critics but you get some pretty sweet powers when you go the good route i thought the story was really cool because it was absolutely brand new nothing like this wasn't a, a, a retelling of an old story this was a completely unique story from a, a studio that i hadn't heard of before i hadn't really heard of sucker punch before and the gameplay hooked mm-hmm. me right away. Like, the electricity as his superpower was so cool because they were able to do so many things with it where one of the coolest things when you're moving through the city, you can move across the power lines and, like, yeah. glide across them and, like, get power from them. And obviously, you rank up your powers, you get new attacks. They had a pretty sweet melee attack where you had, like, this electrified weapon that you were able to, like, beat people down with. The cutscenes were also very intriguing to me because at the time, because you could tell this was probably like a small, like Sucker Punch was really small at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so their, for their cutscenes, it was just like comic book strips as their cutscenes and like narration over it and like quick little shots of what was happening. Mm-hmm. But they weren't actually acted out or animated cutscenes. So 
fast forward to infamous second son where they make their ps4 debut and second son because this comes out in february which was only a couple months so it's february 2014 so a couple months after the ps4 launched second son for a while was like the reason to get a ps4 because mm-hmm. killzone shadowfall that was a fun game but it released on ps4 along with call of duty uh, ghosts and battlefield 4 which were both much better shooters like killzone shadowfall solid game but nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. And then a couple months later, you finally get that like first party exclusive that kind of gave you a reason to want to own the system because they improved the gameplay. The cinematics were so much better because it was actually now full on active cinematics. The one thing that suffered though was the story. Cause I had talked about this in the past. I don't think second Son's story is all that good because yeah. what it really amounts to is you got to get like Delson's, <laughs> like it's grandmother's rocks off her legs like that's pretty much <laughs> so My legs. i feel like that was just super weak because spoilers for infamous one and two the whole main story is you're trying to prevent like this beast from literally tearing apart the city and what you end up finding out is that the beast was coal from like another timeline or like in the future so your main character so you find out, like, you are the beast and, like, you have to figure out what you want to do to try to prevent this from happening. And you, like, if you go the good route, you ultimately sacrifice yourself mm-hmm. for the greater good. And so, like, that twist ending was so incredible. So, like, one and two, they they bled into each other telling the same cohesive story and they changed locations, which was cool. So you're, you were able to, like, do what you were doing, but in a new location, getting new powers, new things like that. So that was awesome. What that what I will say though is the gameplay in Second Son was incredible because one of Delson's abilities was he was able to absorb other heroes' powers and then use them as his own. And mm-hmm. so you eventually towards the end of the game, once you had everything, you were able to switch between like four or five different powers that you could use to kind of go through the city and actually use in combat. And so I loved that variety. I loved the way they kind of switched up the gameplay. I thought the story was weaker. However, it did give birth to one of my favorite DLCs, which was Infamous First Light, which tells the story of Fetch. And her story is actually really cool because she had the neon power. Mm-hmm. And the neon power was one of my favorite ones in Second Son when, I, when you got to use that. So now you're just playing as her using the neon power strictly. So that was an amazing DLC great series i honestly feel like it doesn't get enough love because like everybody talks about you know the god of wars the horizon zero dawns the uncharted the last of us so you got all those games but like i really feel like infamous just doesn't get the love it really deserves because those three Mm. games were fantastic powerhouses yeah (laughs) like they and they progressed each year gameplay wise i like i said the story suffered a little bit because i just found the protagonist in the first two just much more interesting Mm -hmm. but the powers in second son were incredible it was cool to be able to like switch through your repertoire of what was going to work for that particular scenario so that was a nice touch so matto what's your uh your next one all right my next one is the saints row series Oh. oh yeah all right so the when the first saints row came out basically it suffered from being the fact that it was a more or less a GTA clone in a sea yep. of GTA clones. It didn't really stand out much from that. It had like, you know, you were a criminal, part of a gang called the Saints, and you could run around in open city and take hijack vehicles and shoot stuff. <laughs> it's like yeah. this feels very familiar. <laughs> uh obviously like, you know, it had a little bit of its own kind of 
identity somewhat like you know it had some goofy moments but so did like you know gta had goofy moments like yeah yeah it has this kind of same like sort of like altered like hyper reality like weirdness mm-hmm. and they seem to pick up on that because then saints row 2 came out a little bit weirder a little bit more cartoony still not quite like its own thing just yet but you know not enough to kind of make it stand out from gta or like it it's sort of like notice mm-hmm. but like you know change it a little bit then saints row 3 comes out and now the they have completely jumped the shark it's basically <laughs> like you this is a cartoon insane ridiculous universe where you are like you can make your create your character first of all just to look like a disgusting abomination monster <laughs> and people talk to you like you're just a normal human being like you can give your guy like make him look like a, a gross like goblin creature (laughs) and like people will just talk to you and make him make his voice sound like a zombie where he basically just communicates in like (laughs) and and, like gargles everyone's just like great day today rick yeah and everyone's just like hey the boss is here how's it going boss (laughs) what's going and you're just like (laughs) just like this gross monster just like talking to them and no no one says anything and it's just filled with complete insanity (laughs) like you have these ridiculous weapons like a giant like dildo that you could swing around and just beat people (laughs) up with it you can well they took that from san andreas (laughs) the giant well this is like a giant like sword dildo that can like okay yeah so maybe that's a little bit more across this like (laughs) like 50 feet and it's like oh and then you can like get a hover you could buy a hover bike and basically have like tanks delivered to you and then not like in the gta sense where like you kind of cheat and do that it's just like no yeah. it's like your, your gang members can just drive this like laser tank that they have <laughs> for some reason oh, yeah of course and then you have this weapon that can yeah, you have a weapon that shoots like sharks that travel <laughs> under the ground and then pop up and eat people so that that's almost wow. like stick fight with the snake gun <laughs> it's and then yeah so like that like it's established that like that is now the new saints row sort of like identity of just complete inane nonsense insanity (laughs) and then saints row 4 which is the most recent one that comes out and it's just like (laughs) you're just a superhero you're just straight up (laughs) your character is now a super a a invincible superhero and you can fly and you there are aliens and the aliens like take the city and invade it and now you have to and you're the pro oh, and you're also the president you're also the president you are oh. you are the leader of a gang and then you became the president it's like a, <laughs> a like middle school child like coming up <laughs> with like ideas for like what they want their video game to be and it's just made like it's made like manifest hear me out here would you say that Saints Row is the Fast and the Furious of video games? Yes, that's what it did. It literally, that's what it did. It pulled a Fast and the Furious, where it started out fairly, like, not so much as Fast, Fast and the Furious kind of had its, like, thing to begin with. Oh, but, yeah. But, like, it started out fairly, like, grounded. Like, oh, oh, yeah. He's a cop, and he's, like, a car, you know, racer guy, and they race. Okay. Yeah. And now it's, like, there's a, there's a, terrorist who wants to steal all the uranium in the world and turn it into a giant car so that he can 
shoot it into space, and now the Vin Diesel and Jason Statham and The Rock have to team up and fight them in, in like, tanks at the end. And, and they have to drift the, the tank and drive it onto a, a fighter jet. Well, the fighter jet, it's just like... Yeah, okay, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah where it's like they, they found... Yeah, they knew they had to, like, change something. They had to make it stand out, and they're like, oh, let's just, like, keep trying to make have things make sense. So let's just stop. Yeah. Stop let's doing throw that. that out the window. Let's throw just throw sense out the window and just escalate. Just keep escalating and never stop. <laughs> and, yeah, don't stop. Yeah. That reminds me of that old game. Do you remember State of Emergency? I'm pretty sure it was yes. a Rockstar game where it was literally you just Maybe, go to a mall and do riots. Like, yes, yeah, I, I remember I'm not, that. I'm game. not 100% sure it was a Rockstar game, so don't quote me on that. But yeah, it was literally just like, all right, here's a level. You're in a mall. Start a riot. And that was it. That was the <laughs> whole game. It. Yeah. I do. I had a friend. I I don't remember much about it. I do remember like the premise though. Like I had a friend who had it. Yeah. My brother had it. And so like, I would play it here and there and I would just like, I would be like, this is it, huh? Like I'm literally just throwing things through windows. Rockstar (laughs) games was one of the publishers. All right. The memory, the memory still serves me correctly. (laughs) Still still got it. (laughs) Still got that big brain (laughs) energy. (laughs) Yeah. See, I never got into the saints row games. I think one of them, was a free game on PS Plus and I had downloaded it and I just never actually played it. I got Saints Row 3 and like the THQ uh, like Humble Bundle or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> this game is insane. <laughs> and I never got 4. I didn't actually get 4. I played some of it, but I never actually bought it. Yeah, I think I but might like, have to go back and play some of these now. It sounds pretty ridiculous. <laughs> it, they're just, yeah. They knew they couldn't, like, realistically, like, compete, like, with Grand Theft Auto just by just, you know, kind of staying the course and just being, yeah. like, mm. slightly different from GTA. They're like, like, no, let's just, like, let's just craft this bonkers, like, Looney Tunes identity and then just roll with that. Just <laughs> <laughs> go with it. And, yeah. And it, for all intents and purposes, it worked because I feel like now there is like a genuine distinction between like okay, there's like your GTA, like clone, and then there's like your your Saints Row sort of like tangent. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you gotta have variety. It's the spice of life. It's mm. <laughs> true. All right, so for my second series, I have the Super Smash Brothers. Ooh, ooh, Man, so yeah. Wow. The original. Like now that you just said that, like I just Smash started Bros. thinking, I was like, damn, that did come a long way from the original. It was like eight right. people in the original. <laughs> oh, so, God. well, the first one, there was twelve player, twelve playable characters, including the four unlockables. Oh, and yeah. now with the newest roster for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, there is a confirmed seventy-three. <laughs> uh, you have seventy-two are currently released. Banjo and Kazooie is coming out in spring, and then we have two still unannounced DLC characters. So it'll be a total of 75. That's a jump. <laughs> that is a fucking jump. <laughs> so I remember playing that on my N64, the first one, and trying to do like the time trials and the target practice things, and you know, just trying to get through the general story compared to like, I think the last Smash Brothers I owned was the one for the, was one for the Wii U. And, like, doing the story mode there and, like, all the different characters and final smashes. It's, like, talk about an evolution in gaming. Although I do feel that a lot of, at least, like, 
pro players still are very attached to melee. That is tends to still have the rep for being the best one. Um, Because that was even a huge jump just from the original. Like, there's so many more characters and stages and the music and the items of assist trophies. Like, it's shocking. And it's shocking how many unlockable things there are. Like, when you go to the unlockable screens, it's like, what the fuck? And now there's new, (laughs) new, like, mini games they have. There's, like, one where you, like, have to unlock these challenges to get, like, assist cards or something in the new game. Like, what the hell is this? Didn't we used to just beat the shit out of each other? <laughs> yeah, I tried doing the story mode, and I kind of got bored with it, and I just kept doing battles so I could unlock everybody. I was like, this is right. what I want. Like, I want to have the full cast of people, so that way when me and my friends get drunk and want to play Smash Brothers, we can pick whoever <laughs> we want. Yes. I'm, I'm excited. Everybody's here. To play it. But it is, like, really crazy, because I just remember being a kid playing, I guess a lot of these games stem from childhood, but just being a kid and playing it in my room to now, like, having where you can have, like, what, at least eight people playing at a time now. Yeah, on, that's wild. In one, like, stage. Like, it's just, not even just the characters, but, like, the way the system, the game plays. Like, it, you know, I had no concept of how to do, like, real combos. I just, I mean, I still button mash, but I have an idea now of how to at least play Kirby. But yeah, <laughs> like as a kid, I was like, I'm jumping, you know, now I'm like, I'll just down B and turn into a block and kill you. It's fine. But and like, cause I'm the same way. Like I'll still pretty much button mash. Just I'm not like huge on fighting games. So like smash mm-hmm. brothers is fun for me because it's a little bit lighthearted, but yes. it's still very mm. tough. Like you, you, there are combos you need to learn. So playing through it actually started to teach me some of those like combos, figure yeah. out like who I, who I like to use. Um, I remember when there was one night, it was like me, Tim, Liz, and Bear, we were playing online together, and I just kept doing random hero, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it was, and honestly, it was a lot of fun. The only one I didn't like using was Mr. Game & Watch. I think he fucking sucks. Oh, <laughs> oh Mr. I love Mr. Game <laughs> he's got He's got no range. He's got no range. <laughs> Gotta use the pancake so move. Silly. Yeah. He's just so silly. Yeah, like, he really is ridiculous. <laughs> Turns into a tentacle Throws, monster. Like, the bacon out of the frying pan. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad that you got it now, though. So now we w- we'll have to do some more online. I haven't played it so long, so I, I could yeah. use a reason to get back into it. Well, so. look at that, too. Another part of evolution. Online play, not just local multiplayer. I know. You do both. You're going to have a blast because like the the time I was playing it, when I was like trying to unlock everybody, I was having a good time with it. It, w- it was really entertaining. Good shit. So What's your next one, Steve? So my next one, I actually wasn't going to talk about this until you kind of triggered it, Matt, with your talk about Saints Row. I think we have to we have to mention the evolution of the Grand Theft Auto series. Because okay, I was all right. I had that. On I don't list. I was like, I, I hope someone know. else brings it up. Yeah, because I don't know how many people remember what Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto 2 were like, but. I, as somebody who still owns Grand Theft Auto, oh, yeah. the original, it's a top-down <laughs> 2D game, and you there was no like voice acting. The only the only actual words you'd ever hear were like when you'd start a new level, it would just go Grand Theft Auto, and then you would start going into it. You would go to pay phones to get your missions, and you had like your your same like plethora of weapons, where you know pistol, nine millimeter Uzi, flamethrower. I think there was a rocket launcher in there too. You had a bunch of different cars. Each car had its own, like, radio station. So, like, you couldn't change the radio stations in Grand Theft Auto 1. 
I remember when Grand Theft Auto 2 came out, it was still top-down 2D, but they gave you the option to change the radio station. I remember at the time, I was like, this is amazing! <laughs> I was like, I can change the fake music that isn't even actually <sighs> saying words, it's just sounds. <laughs> but... Don't you go from times. oh I do because like those Simple, games simpler days Grand yeah. Theft Auto One has a button dedicated for farting and burping for your character. <laughs> I believe it was Circle That's on PlayStation quali- quality game. Yeah, you just hit Circle and your character would burp and fart until you were done pressing the button. It was pretty remarkable. Never change, Rockstar. So you go from. Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2, and then all of a sudden Grand Theft Auto 3 on PS2. And, like, I think that's what stunned so many people because, like, no, like Grand Theft Auto was kind of a niche game because it wasn't, like, this amazing-looking thing. It was still kind of mm. resembled some of the old-school games at the time because mm-hmm. it was the 2D top-down. And then Grand Theft Auto 3 is like, look at this awesome open 3D world. Like, yeah, your protagonist didn't speak, but everybody else spoke, and it gave you this cool kind of Goodfellas-style storyline that was intriguing to a lot of like older gamers and it was intriguing to younger gamers who wanted to feel like they were cool because they were playing a game that they weren't supposed to play. Yep. <laughs> and then the endless fun that was cheat codes <laughs> really just like put that game on another level. Like everybody was playing Grand Theft Auto 3, whether you were actually playing the story or whether you were just going in it to see how much damage you could do before you got caught by the cops. Like, and then that spawned the entire series from there. Grand Theft Auto, Vice City, and San Andreas, yep. while they don't get the like official moniker of being, you know, four or five or whatever like that, those games kept the interest there. They they built upon it because they actually gave you protagonists who could speak, but they gave you unique stories and different timelines, different locations. I will say Grand Theft Auto 4, it got like a lot of love at the time, but now looking back on it, it's kind of just like the shell of an open world. Like there's really not much you can do. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, Like there really isn't much you can do. San Andreas had like a more open and like living world. Yeah, you could make CJ get fat if you wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, I think it's because like the technology had improved and they're like, oh, it looks better and like, you know, everything, you know, all the cars, everything physics wise right a little more differently and it's just kind of like yeah but everyone's kind of just walking around i don't know yeah and that's why it doesn't feel like alive if you go back and read some of like the grand theft auto 4 reviews like there's so many like tens and shit like that and like looking back at it now it is so minimal compared to what grand theft auto 5 is because like to this day grand theft auto 5 what came out in 2013 and it's still it's it's, they came out on the same system that's what's nuts that is insane right that's insane (laughs) it's like what happened two games (laughs) yeah yeah like that's crazy but that's just like the difference between like you know generation at the start generation at the end oh for sure one oh yeah, because look at uh, look at Uncharted One compared to Uncharted Three on the PS3, and then oh, look at Uncharted One compared to The Last of Us on the PS3. So made by the same developer, and yeah. then how it changes. But like you're you're completely right. Where it's wild to look at like it's still in the same system, but Grand Theft Auto Five was a completely different game. You could do so much more, and then the switching between characters in the main story was incredible to me. Like like that was another mm-hmm. thing that I hadn't really seen too much of because. The way Grand Theft Auto did it was like you would change to the this character who's on the complete other side of the map and it takes you out, moves you to that person, drops you into whatever they were doing. And 
The yeah. best was when you drop into Trevor. That's what I like the most. Like, yes. He's like in his underwear in someone's front yeah, yard, like, just like with a beer Driving bottle. away from like a horde of cops and like yeah. a burning like <laughs> yeah. truck. And like... you're like, shit, I want to go, I want to go back to Michael. He was back yeah, at his house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, with, with what online has become, like the fact that that game is still like always in the top of sales every single month and it came out in 2013 uh, that's stunning to me. Like they they figured something out. They they made this addictive formula. And like obviously people will talk about microtransactions with it because of the shark cards and now because of the casino that they have. Oh but dear. Before oh, all, son, like, add for that at the movies. Before all of that, that existed, this like this was still attracting so many people. Like that. I mean, it's it's truly remarkable to see how far that franchise has come from Grand Theft Auto 1 to Grand Theft Auto 5. And, like, yeah. at this point, just, like, 5 doesn't show any signs of slowing down. So I'm really curious, like, when, if we do see 6, like, when's that coming, what that is going to look like. But I'm very interested because, like, aside from the fact that you have to tap X to run, just like you have to tap X to fucking ride a horse in Red Dead... Hoping maybe next generation they, they stop that. But aside from that, like, it's pretty remarkable how far the, those games have come. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good one. So do you have uh, do you have any other ones? I do. I actually had a whole list, so I'm trying to, like, parcel them. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got one more that'll be more of an honorable mention just because it's a series I may have talked about in the past. <laughs> Can't imagine what it yeah, is. So- so I got yeah I'll do one more and then like any others I can kind of like throw in as like honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. All right, but I guess like one that I think that warrants discussion when you're talking about like beginning and end game uh, is definitely just just the Mario series. In general. Oh yeah, just like from like Super Mario Bros. back in the '80s, left to right, jump on a Goomba, you you know you could. You jump. You can jump on a box, get a mushroom. Mm-hmm. You know, fairly simple, but like those sign of like those mechanics were there. Those those that differentiated it from like your standard like go from left to right and jump over the guys. Where it was like, oh yeah, you could you can go a little faster, and if you ran faster, you could jump farther, and if you, yeah. you could do that, you could hit the Koopa, and you could pick up the shell, and you could throw the shell, and you could do all these like little tiny things that kind of laid the seeds for like things that would come later. So it's like you have that, and then, you know, it makes the jump to 3D with Super Mario 64, and now it's, like, this huge sandbox of, like, okay, Mario can jump from, like, he could do diagonal jumps, he could do forward jumps, he could jump, like, he could do a backflip, he can, like, and you use all these sort of, like, weird little physics quirks to, like, almost, like, some people, like, break the game by, by figuring out, like, oh, if you, like, run backwards and do a backflip, you can, like, get into this corner that will, like, let you walk around the map and you can just bypass the entire map, and it's, like, <laughs> yeah. all these, like, and it's, like, that's just something that, like, the game just allows you to do because it wants you to, like, experiment with all these, like, crazy, like, little gameplay loops that they throw in there. And then, you know, you have Odyssey that comes out, which kind of, like, throws even more. You've got the hat. You can use the hat. That's, like, a jumping platform. You can use the hat to, like, take control of enemies or you go other things in the environment you could just do all this crazy kooky shit (laughs) but it's it's one of those games where it's like it's changed so much but at its core is also still like exactly what it was in the beginning it's a like it's a platformer oh yeah it's a platformer where it's like you have to use you know 
combine sort of like speed and timing and all these all the little like gameplay elements to kind of get through the level to get you know whether it's coins in the first game you just want to collect as many coins as you can where it's like little secret items in the more recent games like you're collecting stars and stuff like that like it still feels to say it's kind of like how we were discussing with fallout where a game changes so much that it no longer feels like it's the same game anymore or this is a game that's managed to change so much and yet still like it is as like faithful to the sort of formula as it was when it first came out yeah it's pretty remarkable because like odyssey was the first mario game i've played in forever like honestly i think it might have been the first Mario game I really got my hands on since my Game Boy Advance when I played like Super Mario Two, with the the port that came on Game Boy Advance. So yeah, I was stunned because like, I I bought it with the expectation that I was gonna enjoy it. It was gonna be like fun to pick up, but that game just like sucked me in. I had such a blast playing Odyssey. Like every time I picked it up, the way I described it is like it's just a delight. It's just an absolute delight. Because it's still, like you said, it'll still throw you into some of those, like, 2D moments where you get to, like, actually act like old school yeah. Mario. But the majority is still in this open world with these different cool environments. And then you get to customize Mario, get to change his outfits, like, all these cool little things. And you get, like, the interactions with the characters, which are still fun. But I haven't done the, uh, I know I know that there was some, like, Luigi, there was, like, a Luigi add-on. I haven't played that part yet, but, no, I, man. I'll pick it up yeah. eventually. Odyssey, I highly recommend it. It's it's such a joy, <laughs> and then the the two players cool too because like when you get to be the hat, yeah, so that's fun. <laughs> hat, <laughs> you get to be the hat. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like we can't talk about this without giving out a shout out to like the OG game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, so for my last one, it's gonna be a bit of a grievance for me because I think it went <laughs> downhill. This is the King- Kingdom Hearts series. Ooh. Let me say, Ooh. I love Kingdom Hearts. Much of that is from nostalgia. When I first played that game, I was going through a really hard time in my childhood. I love that game a lot. Kingdom Hearts 3. Ugh. What a disappointment comparing it to the first and even the second one. Notwithstanding the like, thousand spinoffs that like make the com- story so much more confusing. The graphics are beautiful. Some of the worlds were pretty lackluster compared to the first and second one. Like, Frozen, like, oh my god, you'd expect it to be, like, this really cool, pretty... It's, like, literally just straight-up snow. The movie was, yeah. like, more detailed than the game. So just take it from the source material. Um, <laughs> voice acting's still pretty terrible <laughs> and just flat. Whereas I felt, like, in the first and second one, even though the lines were pretty still, like, kind of dumb, because it's just it's a JRPG, whatever, like... I don't know, they just it just felt like it had more meaning compared to this yeah. one. I will say the graphics look cool, the fighting is it's great, the different keyblades are really cool. Updating your gummy ship and flying through space is fun. But the whole aspect of like the whole point of the series was you're combining Disney characters, Final Fantasy and original characters, and there are no Final Fantasy characters in the third game when they played such an integral part in the first two. Yeah. So I felt I just felt like it was missing such like a cohesive, just like this was what Kingdom Hearts was about. As like as I kept playing three, I'm like this doesn't feel like a Kingdom Hearts game to me anymore. Yeah. You know st- what can I even say about the story? Because it's fucking all over the place. Like I don't understand it. There's general premises, but like whatever. 
and just makes me really kind of wish like man i wish i like just i just want to play the first or second one again because this was kind of a disappointment yeah it's unfortunate because i've been waiting for that game for like 20 years <laughs> that's one of those things where you're like what exactly happened along the way they spent like, did people yeah. leave did people like did they get like other people to like try to fill in the gaps where like people had left off and it just like was there's no passion behind it like uh, it's weird you know they spend so much time because it's not just one two three it was one i think they made like then there was chain of memories two then there was like 358 over whatever days like there was so many spinoffs to tie into this whole arc and it just i feel like by not that those aren't fun games by devoting your time to that and like Square Enix, you know, does the Final Fantasy, so they weren't constantly working on three. Just felt like something was lost along the way. Like I'm very, I'm a very nostalgic person. I'm very like naive in terms of like I understand Disney's a horrible corporation and they're actually terrible. <laughs> but I go to like Disney and I'm like swept up in the magic of it because I that's just that's just me. I'm a child. So when I play these games, like I'm playing Animal Crossing again, I'm like, oh my god, like this is like so cute. I love it. I'm missing that from Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't know what happened, but it does not feel like it belongs in the same, like, realm or the same series. Which yeah. was really sucks, because I was really looking forward to it. I was so excited when they are like, here's footage. It's coming. You've been begging for it for 12 years. And now I'm like, oh, I kind of wish you spent more time on it, because it just feels like such a flat product yeah it seemed like a lot of people were uh not too satisfied with how kingdom hearts kind of wrapped up there with three yeah no i just want to go like, back I and know, play two uh, yeah i wanted to i wanted to dabble with it because of the toy story world but i had a tough time working myself into going into it just because i had no idea about the first no. two and i didn't have the time to commit to it no and so now i just don't it, think man. i want to spend any time at all on it no honestly one and two, fantastic. Two was fucking phenomenal. I played it yeah. like five times. It was great. It was so good. I. It was so good. This, I was like, man, like, you had all this time. Like, yes, everything looks great. The game sounds great. The music and, like, the way, like, the Toy Story World was fantastic. I right. loved the Toy Story World. They did a really good job with that. And the fact that Woody just slays and was like, oh, I guess that's because nobody loved you fantastic <laughs> but i don't know it's not it's not worth it man don't do it steve just watch it right. online <laughs> I'll, I'll have to do that then, yeah. <laughs> and uh i got i'll just throw two honorable mentions out there a lot of nintendo stuff uh legend of zelda and tomb raider are my honorable mentions oh yeah uh, so, oh, yeah, breath of the wild <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah literally wild. go from wow. you know same thing. See how I feel about that. But. Sim- well, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Simple game to yeah. now open world RPG. Yeah. Tomb Raider go from triangle titties to wow a human. You know. Yeah. No. It's been it's been a nice change of pace for Tomb yes. Raider. Yes. Oh my god. Because that that last trilogy was everything I could have hoped it would have ever been. Oh man. I still got so f- good. I still have to finish the last game. You will not be disappointed. It's so much fun. I love Such all of them. They're great. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I loved the reimagining of Lara. I loved all the new gadgets, the new way that they had the open yeah. world. Well, kind of open world, still pretty linear, but they give you some cool shit to do. So that was mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, those are great. And so my last one, because I'm, I'm just going to kind of briefly gloss over this, because as everybody knows, 
I fucking love Metal Gear Solid. So, the Metal Gear series as a whole. Waiting. Yep. Yeah, waiting I mean, for you to say on. it. I do you're saving. Like, Metal Gear 1 and Metal Gear 2 started Metal off on the MSX, and it was completely different to what it is now. Like, the amount of retconning yeah, Kojima true. had to do. Because in the first two games, there's no the reference. red highlighters, oh, like, yeah. feverishly writing, <laughs> writing over, like, the, the canon. Because, like, in the first two games, the characters' names are the same. But there's not even a little bit of a hint that Solid Snake is like a clone of Big Boss. That is never even brought up at all in the first two <laughs> games. Metal Gear Solid, it becomes a huge plot point, And so they kind of retcon the whole thing. But what like the, the, the most impressive part was, because obviously Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2, they came out in like 1987, 1989. So on an MSX, and then they had ports for the NES. The NES games are a little bit different. I would recommend if you could, if you're gonna try to play those games, either get Metal Gear Solid the HD collection where you could play the Snake Eater subsistence version that comes with Metal Gear One and Two. Those are the MSX versions, or to try to find a ROM of the MSX versions. I don't think the NES versions are that good. They 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 change some shit, and it's actually like a little bit more difficult. And those games are already pretty fucking hard. So I would highly recommend do, go to the MSX ones, but. Metal Gear Solid, I've said before, like, that was kind of the game that, like, opened up my eyes and I was like, wow, like, this is like a movie, but it's like an action movie, but, like, I'm playing through it and, like, these characters are really enticing. And one of my favorite books is actually, it's called Metal Gear Solid. It's by Ashley and Anthony Birch. And so Ashley Birch is the the voice of Aloy with Horizon and Anthony Birch actually wrote for Borderlands 2. Mm -hmm. So... They're both incredibly talented, but they played through Metal Gear Solid, and they're, they're huge fans of the series, but they wrote a book all about, like, the original, and it, the commentary is the most accurate commentary about anything that I've ever read in my entire life. It's, <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of the series, go read that book, because they, they kind of mention how Hideo Kojima, like, writes from the perspective of, like, a teenage boy. And so when <laughs> yes. I was playing that game, I was, like, nine years old, eight years old. And so those things were funny to me and I could relate to those things. And now like (laughs) reading that book as an adult, I was just like, that's so a hundred percent spot on. (laughs) (laughs) And so Metal Gear Solid one, it had like the awesome cutscenes, it had the cool boss battles it had like the cool gadgets and like the alternate endings where you could get the stealth camo or the bandana. And then you jump to two on PS2. So you go from PS1 to PS2. The graphics are infinitely better. Now you're, like, hanging off the side of railings. You're, you're doing chin-ups just because you can. You're, like, dropping magazines to distract guards. Like, literally dropping playboys to distract guards so then you could hold them up, tranquilize them, and steal their dog tags. Like, all those little <laughs> things were, like, amazing to me at the time. And then it jumps to three where it's like, we're going to throw you in the fucking jungle. And now you got to hunt for <laughs> your food. And you're going to use all this food as rations. But if the food goes bad, it's not going to heal you. And Snake's going to say, yuck, that sucks. Like, he would literally say, that food's terrible. Like, if you would eat it. And then it tied in the camouflage. You had to get different camouflage to match where you were in the jungle at that particular moment. And then you jump to four, where it's the Octocamo. And it's the five-act outrageous game with, like... Literally 10 hours of cutscenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it never ends. It's amazing. I've watched those cutscenes a thousand times. And then it just flips the script on five. He's like, we're going to get rid of all the cutscenes, pretty much. We're going to give you like two big cutscenes. That's it. The rest is all open world. We're going to drop you into a mission and you're going to figure out how you want to do it while you build up your base. And this, I'm not even talking about Peace Walker, which kind of set the stage for five, but like, 
just the change from game to game was absolutely incredible where Kojima was just like, this is how I want to tell this story. And then you could kind of tell with five, he was rushed because five is literally an unfinished game. There is, you can look online and there's like an unfinished cutscene that you can watch. So up to a point, it's a full cutscene, and then it stops and it's like, this is where this would happen. And it will explain what was going to happen hmm. because Konami rushed him to get the game out. So yeah, and that, that's what sucks because a lot of people complain that five story wasn't as good, but it probably would have been great if he had the time to do it. They had to work on Metal Gear Survive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had, <laughs> had to get that out. But like the <laughs> gameplay for five was everything Kojima wanted. Like he wanted this open world sandbox. And I remember before it came out, he saw because Grand Theft Auto came out beforehand, obviously. And I remember he saw Grand Theft Auto five and he felt like discouraged because he's like my game you can't do all this stuff. It's like, well, I feel like they're different. A little different. I feel like they're a little different. (laughs) But like, just like the idea where he's like, I wanted to give you limitless options in the sandbox. And he felt like he didn't. It was like one of those moments where you're like, wow, this guy like genuinely cares about like everything about his games. So yeah, from game to game, the way they change it, it's remarkable. And it really is a shame that because of the whole Konami snafu, we might never see another one, but it's been a fun ride up until then. Now we get a postman delivery service simulator. <laughs> I can't wait for that. It's going to melt my Which brain. all he ever wanted. It's all we ever want. I can't wait to see, see it. I can't wait. I, can, I, I, I am excited. I am excited. Yeah. As much I, as I kind of like, you know, dish on it. <laughs> see, that's I'm, that's I'm one I'm going to finally, like, I'll end up streaming again just to stream that because I'm going to need to ask everybody, like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> 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 what did I miss? That is a good one. Yeah. I like yeah, it's 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 kind of falls in that same like Zelda Mario kind of category where it's like they all have changed like substantially, but they're also like you can see like the ge- like the genetics like oh, everything yeah. still feels like the same, and it's like they all have like that game that kind of like that was like the impetus along the way. Like, oh, for Mario sure. Sixty four. You had Ocarina of Time for Zelda. You had a uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yep. PlayStation. They all kind of like that's what like. Like they were, they were popular. Like they were popular before, and but this is what like made it sort of like an iconic. Oh like, yeah, it opened up so, so like, many okay, eyes. This, like like now it's like yeah, this game's gonna be around for a long time. Like the series is gonna be around for a very long time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. As far as honorable mentions, I guess I could point out like I was gonna bring up the Resident Evil series. Oh yeah. Which is sort of like it's kind of like a weird anomaly because it appears like now what it's doing like the most the most recent entry with the resident evil 2 remake it's almost reverting back to what it was originally oh, whereas yeah. like before that like you had like the survival horror to kind of like all right you know you got tank controls you're this guy kind of like slogging through this haunted house and then you kind of like re- manage your resources and ammunition shoot some zombies gameplay is really rough but that kind of makes it scarier in a way and then, like, you fast-forward to, like, four. Gameplay changes over the top camera. Still a little, you know, sluggish enough so that you're not, like, unstoppable. But, like, it's a little bit more accessible. You know, a little bit more action-driven at this point. Mm-hmm. Other than survival-driven. And then you fast-forward a little more to, like, Resident Evil 6, 5 and 6, where they're just straight-up action games. You're just a <laughs> dude guy with, you know, you have your machine gun. You're mowing down zombies. You're, you're just, you're just like... It's a complete, like, <laughs> pulls the Fast and the Furious kind of thing. Where it's like, the game's no longer really survival horror. It's just, like, 
zombie shoot 'em up. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it doesn't really feel like Resident Evil anymore. And then they released Seven, which is like a weird like detour where they're like, let's it's like an experiment. Let's try this out. It's first person. You're just in this house. Kind of harkens back to the original. You're a little more like vulnerable, not like an action guy. Interesting. I liked it. You know, had its like quirks. You know, it was all it was all right. It was it was good like for what it was for like yeah. a little experiment. Like I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, and then they released Resident Evil Remake, which kind of just goes, takes a step back, but also forward, where it's like, okay, we're going to use, like, our modern resources to make this a little more accessible, kind of have that over-the-camera, like, Resident Evil 4 had, but we're not going to make it, like, a straight-up just, you're mowing down hordes of zombies. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, giant dudes with axes and giants, and you're on, you got to go on the machine gun and take them out with the stinger missile. And it's just like, <laughs> no, it's... A, it's a little more subdued. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, so perfect. it's kind of met that. Yeah, it kind of was like it met like that perfect balance of like, oh man, this is what Resident Evil should be. This is what it should have kind of like transitioned into, and not like the kind of craziness. Oh yeah, that it kind of deteriorated into. That's, yeah, that's yeah, where that's the, a, the yeah. series kind of lost me around. Like after four, I, I kind of fell off because it it ditched a lot mm. of what I enjoyed, and that's why the remake that when we talked about kind of like the mid year review, and I said that could be one of those games that might sneak in like i could actually think of maybe giving it as a game of the year it's because it brought back so many fond memories of of what i really enjoyed about that series but with a much more modern spin like you said so it went back but it also went forward Mm -hmm. so those have been some of the franchises that we really enjoy the evolutionary process in so if you have any franchise that you have enjoyed from start to finish or maybe like matt said ones that have gone off the rails that you know, you really enjoyed it at the beginning, and then you're like scratching your head, like, what have you become? But you still get some enjoyment out of it, like Saints Row. Give us a call at 347 509 5620. Let us know what's on your mind. So now it's time to move into patch notes. But before we do, we have a little ad read. Yes. Do you believe in evolution? No? Well, that's a shame because you should and must. We here at Evil Tim Industries have the data to prove that evolution is real, just like Sir Charles Darwin preached. What's the data, you ask? That's on a need-to-know basis, as per the Elder Ones. Just remember that you were born from the flesh of an eldritch horror and have morphed into a feeble flesh bag that is here to suit the whims of those who came before. <laughs> Evil Tim Industries, remember your origins, or else... Oh, man. Evil Tim, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, and also, preaching the truth. Preaching just letting the, the folks truth. out there know thank that uh, we may be visited by Evil Tim in the coming weeks, so something to watch out for. And so thank you, as always, Evil Tim, for your sponsorship. And with that, it's time to move into Patch Notes. This is Patch Notes 07.31.19. In which we bring you the latest gaming news that broke since last we spoke. So who would like to go first? I'll go first, Steve. All right, so keeping it on the Nintendo train, I have an article from Polygon, Julia Lee. Uh, Pokemon Go gets first official PvP tournament in August. It's taking place on August 16th in Washington, D.C. It says, while the World Championship is probably best known for the Pokemon trading card game, it also includes comp- competitions for Pokemon Sun and Moon Pokemon tournament, Pokemon Go players will ha- be able to take the stage for the first ever official PvP competition. So I think that's actually really cool. You can apply online through the official Pokemon website. And it's just really interesting to see how this mobile game which like i think it took off really well tapered and then kind of came back because they've been doing like a a team rocket event right now 
it's really interesting to see a mobile game getting like a competition. And I'm sure that they've done that before for like, I know Hearthstone, you can play on your phone, things like that. But I just think it's really cool to see more evolution in gaming yeah. in terms of things <laughs> like that. Because I do think there is still stigma of some sorts on mobile games. I feel like for whatever reason, people just don't take them as seriously. Like, quote unquote, real gamers don't. Uh, <laughs> real gamers. You know, I say that with a lot of sarcasm. And I'm just really excited to see where it goes. And maybe this will open up options for other video games and video game companies to kind of get into like the quote, like esports field in a way. Plus, like anything Pokemon that's positive, I'm all here for. So, yeah, that's true. It's like I I played Pokemon Go for a small time, and I just didn't have the time or the battery life for my phone to keep up with it. Unfortunately, yeah, I was they do have a battery save mode. Yeah, I was you should. To they have a battery save mode now, and mm-hmm. because you could was you could move Pokemon into like Pokemon Let's Go, so like that was kind of tempting. But I also haven't played Let's Go since like November, so. Yeah, and it's also the only way to get, like, a certain Pokemon. I think you have to be playing right. Pokemon Go. So, for those That's that care. Cool, yeah. I'm glad it's something that they, they kept going, because clearly it's it's got a pretty strong following. So I'm always happy when they kind of keep their players coming back for more. Me too. Mm-hmm. Meadow, what do you got? All right, so I've got this uh, neat little article. Uh, it's from PC Gamer. It's called, What It's Like to Get Laid Off in the Games Industry by Zalavier Nelson Jr., so basically, this is uh, just a little sort of expose into the sort of process of what it's like being laid off in these games, which I think is topical and it's important. And it's I'm glad that it's this, you know, this conversation is being kept alive, especially what last year, what would happen like with Telltale. Oh, yeah. All these people kind of getting losing their jobs, like with like nary a day notice, like they're kind of just like, all right, you got to pack your stuff, be out of here. You're all, you know, find another job. And basically he's saying like he was having, he had an interview with a person who requested anonymity. He just calls him Jason. And basically how it went was it's like he, all he said was he didn't specify which uh, company he was working for. All he said was it was one of the three largest third party game publishers. He started working as a PR employee and how he said he was very excited about it. He had high hopes. It was his first real job in the games industry. Uh, and how he said he was immediately sort of beset by like how uh, what he says is how honored he should be to work for like that brand so they're off the bat they're like you should be thankful you have this job you know and he says like five months in he's already burnt out Uh, he's constantly being you know the stress is constantly being put on top of him he's uh, everything he does is being micromanaged you know everything like that Every time something like coverage of the game turns a negative or something happens, it's his fault. If it wasn't 100% positive, it's his fault, period, you know. And then eventually he says, like, you know, a year, you know, after a year, he's escorted into a room and with no warning told that the company didn't have time for him and that his contract would not be renewed. He was given a $25 Amazon gift card and pushed out of the building within half an hour. Jesus. Yeah, which is absolutely insane like this it it's crazy that you don't even like what other industry i feel like you don't hear about this in any other industry yeah no i feel like, like there's a lot of severance ins- packages involved <laughs> in other yeah, industries i've never heard of like That's people insane. giving yeah and then like again he like he has a discussion with uh, another 
a person who had experience with this. He said, like, um, let's see, someone named Lars Smith who worked for uh, Daybreak. Uh, he said, like, you would basically you would get a meeting and to invite like a one to one. Uh, you were being invited to one of two possible meetings, one for the people being fired and one for everybody else. Like they were he would be because he made like schedules for people like when they would be coming in and working. And he said he would be making schedules for them up until the day that they were meant to be laid off. Jeez. so like he even he was not like he said like he he was the one like making these people schedules like he didn't even know he wasn't even told like that these people weren't going to be coming in to work for like the next you know the next day like which is yeah. just insane and, and like they just go into detail about how like frustrating demoralizing and just humiliating everything is like how you're literally just being like discarded not e- like you didn't even work there like you were just like uh you know this um you know this chair's broken throw it out it's like almost like that where it's like oh. okay you don't really you don't you don't fit into this company anymore you, okay gotta go well that's yeah. what happens when you don't have a union to protect you yeah, yeah. it's like shockingly bad yeah because yeah, it always that, keeps that's a coming reality. up with these like the big studios like that's where it always keeps coming up is like these big multi-million dollar studios which could clearly afford to be paying these people better but they're not for other reasons like the activision blizzard like like where 800 people lost their yeah. jobs yeah yeah it's like this is putting like a new spin on that where you're like because we don't really know like what the exact you know details of that were or how like it went about how the how they were informed but like just seeing like what all these stories and like all these like firsthand accounts of like how it works like you have to imagine like those people probably didn't have a lot of prospects like no i know and this kind of actually bleeds into my story yes <laughs> because like of how <laughs> competitive it is like you said like these people as soon as they were hired they were basically told like you should feel lucky that you're working here and so this leads into how this could possibly happen so this is from kotaku by cecilia dianastasio it's called how over 25 people got scammed into working at a non-existent game company (laughs) so sounds amazing this article (laughs) it's super long i'm going to link it in the show notes i recommend everybody read it because i'm just kind of kind of bullet point it because like there's a lot to it I, it's it's a must read though this is one of the craziest things i've ever read and so it starts off so this woman brooke holden she basically she went to university in the united kingdom to study game development but she wasn't sure that's what she wanted to do and then eventually she got the itch again so she kind of went on reddit made a post saying like you know inexperienced uh passionate team manager looking for a, a, a job and so somebody named kova responded and he had a reddit history so she talked to him and he basically hired her to work at dracor studios she was making 13 an hour as production ma- as a junior production manager excuse me it's from the article and so kova's real name is rana mahal what the big problem was is dracor studios didn't actually exist and so it goes into this crazy story about how they ended up trying to buy the rights to this indie game called zeal which was developed, so it's an early access game that was it was developed by Lycanic Studios in September of 2018. So they were basically going to buy Zeal and like make it what it needed to be. And over time, you had Mahal basically saying that, oh, we get investors, and those investors never came to fruition. Tale as old as time. And then eventually they kind of figured out that something's not right here and so they went around and they locked out mahal from like every single like slack channel and every like email chain and so that way she could basically tell the rest of the team she's like guys i don't think there's any money here she's like i don't think we're getting paid i don't think this is gonna happen 
Come to find out, they never actually had the license to the game Zeal, even though he said they did. And there was a lot of other stuff where it was basically like his corporation, like his lawyer in Canada was like trying to get the, you know, the LLC or whatever it was, and they couldn't get it. And it just all fell through. And so, like I said, I'm going to put this in the show notes. I highly recommend you read the full article. It's it's a doozy, but it's like... That's, that's like exactly the fire, like the fire fest of, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> of game companies. Yeah, that's insane. Okay, it's gonna be great. But it, it goes into like what you were talking about, where you know, with all these layoffs and how they come so abruptly, you have people who are, who would end up in this situation just because yeah. it's so competitive and they they don't know where that next paycheck could come from. And so a lot of these people were working for like a month for free, basically with the idea that the paycheck was coming. And then when she had to be the bearer of bad news, luckily she didn't take a lot of flack for it because they knew it wasn't her fault. But like, it's such a crazy situation that we're actually at this point in video games where people are actually falling for this type of like fake game company. Like, and again, like I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about this Mahal guy. Like, I feel like he probably had good intentions because... All indications are he lost money on this endeavor. However, what is it? What's the phrase? Like the road to hell is paved with good intentions or something along those lines. Yeah, there's definitely some, like, even if it was like, okay, he didn't, nothing nefarious behind it. Like, yeah, but he knew. Messed like, up he somewhere. Knew. There yeah. was some degree of like oversight that was completely missing from there. That he's yeah. Like, oh, I'd say within like two like, weeks, he knows that the investors aren't there and those people aren't getting paid and he probably should have told them. But yeah, it, it's just such a like it's such a crazy story that something like that could have happened in this day and age where I mean, like, just think of all like the technology at our disposal and you're able to kind of do all these background checks. But like this one still slipped through the cracks. And is it so much that it slipped through the cracks or that these people were just so eager to kind of get into that industry or like get into that position that they didn't give a shit like what the company really was? And so I feel yeah, like that really might comment. Blame them. Yeah, because that might comment on the industry as a whole, where it's like, it, it it's at the point now where people are literally taking their chances on fake companies just because they need to try to get that that leverage. Hmm. Yeah, like you have this skill set, you have this like works like obviously worked extremely hard to get where you were before. Probably now you're like out out on your ass. Yeah. With zero notice, you have you know you have these skills. And it's like someone's like, hey, you know, come come work for me. Okay, all right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you need to eat, so come on. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take a chance on it. It's it's honestly one of the craziest stories I've ever read. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, so highly recommend everybody go check that out. But uh, yeah, it's been. It, that's a, that's a tough patch notes that we had because like i feel like those two stories really blend into each other to show like how tough the the game developer industry is and like that's why when we get those chances to talk to some of those indie devs and like some of the work they do and that's why like with your story like we said it seems like a lot more of those like you know big triple a industry games like those studios are the ones who are doing all these layoffs where you hear from a lot of people who work in like indie studios like we, we have a great time like we have great work conditions you get great team and it's like well maybe you guys maybe we should be looking to you for all the advice don't get big <laughs> yeah it's like stay indie yeah, same thing yeah, stay, indie. stay <laughs> indie just make cheap yeah. Shit. Make just enjoy games way. with yes. good make people. Fun games. Just make fun games. Just make them fun. Stop Ugh. making them too big. So yeah, uh, don't get scammed into working for a fake company. And that's also a shout out to all you people who are just graduating college. If it's a uh, uh, marketing or sales job, just make sure it's not door to door sales. Just mm-hmm. make sure. 
just don't don't do that but <laughs> that has been patch notes 07.31.19 and that is the gaming news that broke since last we spoke so this has been episode 90 we've had a lot of fun talking about the evolution of games so if you have any thoughts on what we talked about tonight give us a call at 347-509-5620 and with that it's time to wind down the episode so as always if you've enjoyed this head on over to whatever podcast service you listen to us on whether it be spotify apple Podcasts, google podcast stitcher tune and iHeartRadio podcast attic pocket cast whatever it is leave us a like subscribe to us and write us a review it goes a long way and we really appreciate the support and of course, if you've enjoyed this or anything else we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two, because every dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast in the entire gaming world. We're a real podcast. We're not a fake podcast, so we're not scamming anybody. So we can promise you that. And so it's time to shut down episode 90, 10 away from the big 100. We hope you've enjoyed this as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we really fucking appreciate you. And we'll talk to you very soon. Yeah, I loved what Dunky did. Like, it was like Pokemon Gun, and like, <laughs> yeah. I think there was some, yeah. there was some like circulation that picked it up and like thought that mm-hmm. was actually one of the options. Yes, yes, <laughs> Pokemon Gun. <laughs> I mean, that's that's only sold in America. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Pokemon Gun. <laughs> just Pikachu with like a block. Like, just holding it, holding it like outside the screen. Pika, Pika, bitch. <laughs> Pika P. Pika P, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>